Just, I'm just struck how I am so grateful to God for his faithfulness. I have a testimony. My life is a testimony of the goodness of God. I think like, wow. I wasn't looking for him and he, he, uh, he found me. I was, I was 16. I wasn't looking for him and he came in. He buzzed into my life and, and met me. He's, he's been with me through so much good and bad. Think like I saw things when I went to Bible college, and and uh, I saw things which I now know were fulfilled. Like I've experienced them 30 years later. How crazy is that? I saw myself on a ship ministering to people, and then uh, 30 years, 25 years later, I'm, I'm on a ship speaking to people, and suddenly realise as I'm doing it, man, this is what I saw when I was 20. <laughs> This is extraordinary. He's been with me through divorce. Man, he's so close through divorce. He's been with me through grief. He's been with me when I haven't had two pennies to rub together. I mean, twice I gave all my money away. And it wasn't a lot. I think it was 60 pounds once. I gave it all away. In fact, it was the rent for where I was staying. How, How irresponsible is that? And, uh, and the guy didn't come to collect the rent, because this is way before internet banking and all that stuff. He didn't come to collect the rent on the day that, I'd, uh, that I didn't have this 60 quid to give him. And then uh, the next day, he didn't come again. And I still hadn't got any money. And then the third day, this, I got a letter, and it was a friend, and he sent me 60 pounds. He said, I felt the Lord telling me to give you this. I couldn't believe it, 60 pounds, exactly. Money that I give and it shows you how old it was. That was my rent. Mind you, it was a small room. <laughs> and he came for the rent that day. And of course, this is the day of checks. So I said, ah, oh, you know, I can't give it to you today because I've got to cash this check. He says, oh, no problem. I'll come back in a couple of days. The faithfulness of God. And, I, and, and, I, and yet your life becomes a testimony, doesn't it? It's like in Hebrews 11, it talks about by this faith they obtained a testimony. Like, you know, when, when you speak, it's not just the sentence you're saying that's there. It's the whole of your life behind that sentence, isn't it? When you say, God's good, I'm not just telling you sort of some propositional theological truth. I'm telling you he's good on the basis of, of uh, 54 years of experience of his goodness. And it populates those words. And um, I have this privilege of travelling around and praying for people. And God usually arranges most of my speaking events. Like, I don't, I don't, he tells me in advance who's going to invite me and where they're going to invite me to. And they do. And I don't understand that. I just, it just blows my brain how we can do that. Uh, and, and then I pray with and we minister and we, we pray with, with tens, hundreds of people. And I, I can't tell you the stories because it's too personal for people. But like, you know, just even last night, praying for one woman, she hadn't looked at stuff that was in her life and hadn't even thought she could look at it, but it had caused her to be shut down. She hadn't looked at it for 30 years. And, and we, we talked about it and she started to, to cry and met God and this went on for half an hour and, and then an hour and then she goes to bed and the next day I meet her and she's like... It's still there. It's still there. Oh, something's going on. I feel different. So I'd say her name. And she says, that feels really weird. I said, what do you mean? 
just saying my name, it's like, I don't think I know that person. It's like, there's a whole new thing coming out. I'm, I'm like, opening up in a way I've not opened up before. I can tell you story after story of that. Like, someone two years ago stood up in a, in a church in Northampton, because I said, is there anyone who, who wants to feel the resistance of the enemy, you know, the fear of what people think? Anyone would like to encounter it so you know, you know what you need to break through? And, you know, about five people put their hand up. <laughs> I said, who would be the most scared to, to, to really get... And this, this woman put her hand up. I'll be the most scared. And I said, um, well, what I want you to do is stand up and shout Jesus. And, um, you know, well, you can shout whatever you like. Just shout, you know, and everyone is going to stare at you. We're all going to stare. You're going to feel the pressure of everyone looking at you. Is that going to feel terrible? Yeah, that's going to feel terrible. And she stands up and she goes, Jesus. And I go, well, that, that was about 10%. Can we have 30%? So she goes, Jesus. And then the, everyone's going, come on, come on. And then she, she does it again. And they, I, I don't know, maybe it was 60% of her, but something loosed. And um, just talking to her, church leader, like two years later, she preaches in the church now, she prays for people, crazy stuff happens through people, she's changed jobs, she's running a a department, and she says, it's all because, it all started when I stood up and shouted, Jesus, that's extraordinary, isn't it, that is just, it's, it's real, it's powerful, it's, ah, extraordinary, and this passage is talking about, I love it, like, Paul is, is, is telling them it's like wondrous truths. I mean, my goodness, we could be here for weeks talking about this stuff in Ephesians. I still, had, I think I only, I barely, I, I don't know what percentage I understand, but not a lot. But what I do understand, oh my goodness. You know, that the God is raising up one man to reach the world. Did you know that? His plan and purpose, all the theologians, he's raising up one man to reach the world. You are that one man. You are that one man. One man in Christ, one body, so unified, so realized they're so glued together, and they're one. They proclaim utterly in union with each other in Christ, his Lord, and declared of the principalities and powers, every angelic being, some they couldn't see without you and me as one going, Jesus, in some extraordinary way. And then the restoration of all things takes place. Don't you think that's kind of cool? And, and he's, he says, as he's explaining some of this, he then says, he falls to his knees, and that's what I love about like Paul and, and, and the scriptures. These are not just theological texts. It's, no, he didn't go to seminary to, you know, he didn't go to a college to work this stuff out like, like I went to a college for. He, he just, he experienced it. Like, he experienced, you know, when he talks about the groaning of all creation. Where did he learn that from? He didn't learn it. He heard it. And then he writes about it. Like, I, heard, I hear the groaning of all creation for the revelation of the sons of God. And he says, he, he's on his knees and he's going, God, fill, fill, stretch them with the love of God. 
And he uses words. You can see him experiencing it, visualizing it, using his hands as he's praying. The, the width, the breadth, the depth, the height. It's like expand, it's expanding as he's saying that, isn't it? It's like some kind of supernatural balloon within you going, whoa, that love so, like, first of all, it fills you till you, you're ready to explode. And then it goes further. And then it goes much further. And it goes much further. So as this revelation of his love hits you, it overwhelms anything life throws at you. Because you're not a body. You're a spirit in a body. That, and you've been raised with Christ. We're talking about Christ being um, seated on the throne. You're seated in him, with him. And it's slowly dawning on us the extraordinariness of his abundant, extravagant love that he would take everything that he has and give it to us. And not only in his getting us ready for that by stretching us with his love. His love is extraordinary. I think he's so kind that he only shows us a fraction of his love at a time. Because it would destroy us. So powerful. So intense. We have to be, Paul says, strengthened. Like, we're not strong enough to handle it. Something has to go on in our brokenness for, for us to handle the, the weight. The, the Hebrews, like the kabod, the weight of this glory that's coming in. That's us. Whoa. That's extraordinary. And... Do you want more of it? Do you want it to overwhelm you? I mean, sometimes when I pray, I just, I just on my knees and I'm just, I'm just weeping. It's like, oh God, so good. He's so loved. And that's, that's got nothing to do with how much pain is in your life because this stuff overwhelms it. There's this lovely scripture. You know, I'm, I'm convinced the more I go on and the, and the and the crazier I get because I get older and I care less, the more I'm convinced that our end-time theology messes us up big time. There's so much junk that we perceive and look in by end, and it so hides stuff from us. We relegate so much stuff to a distant future or a past or whatever, and we, we miss stuff. And one of, the, one of the most beautiful scriptures in Revelation, we don't go near Revelation, that's 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 our end-time theology robs us revelation, one of those extraordinary books of his love and his purposes, written. I'm so grateful that John went through all the pain he had to go through to be on Patmos, right, experiencing this revelation. Who knows what else he experienced, but this is, the, this is what he wrote. And one of, the, one of those verses that I think is absolutely... Uh, is... He'll wipe away every tear from your eye. He'll take your pain and wipe away every tear from your eye. That is not a future event. It's happening now. It's happening now. And I, he, oh, he joins in 
with our pain and takes it. That's the extraordinariness of his love. I don't understand all of this, but something about this creation, birthing you and me, sons and daughters, we think we're little flabby bits of flesh when actually we're royalty. We're called to rule and reign with him as humble kings and queens. And he's preparing us for that. We're not flabby. We, we, well, there's nothing good in us on our own. But he's, put it, he's melded himself with us. And he's making us royalty. Or he's made us royalty with him. And in that process, and to enable us to handle this love, something has to happen in your soul. And it's to do with pain. Something has to start to shift. You, think you will have experienced it already. But it's going to accelerate. Like Paul prays that prayer bigger, wider, deeper. It's, it's, it expands. What, when we experience pain, it's a choice. What do you do with your pain? Because when you experience pain, and you engage it, it locks you into time, into an event. It then locks you into future calculation of what might happen. It starts to lock you into what, maybe if we used a Greek term awkwardly, it's like chronos time. You're locked into the clock like what happened X years ago. And therefore, I have to live my life in a way that means that that won't happen again in the future. It locks us. And there's a problem with that that I'll look at in a minute. But like, when the way God deals with pain, this is the way he deals with my pain. This is the way I've seen him deal with so many people's pain. This is the way he'll have dealt with your pain if you've let him, and, and even if you've not realised it. I experience hurt. Oh, I was going to say. The extraordinary thing about all of this, of course, is that in beginning this and starting us, is that God decided he would experience and embrace all the pain. That's the point of the cross. To embrace all our pain and broken responses to pain. Because our broken response to pain, we, we sin. If you, sum, if you ask me, if you sum sin up, it's choosing a different identity to the one God gave you. It's choosing your way in life rather than sonship. And we try to make our own way. That causes us pain. That gives us a sense of loss. That something's missing. And, and when... when and, and Jesus in, embraced it before the foundation of the world as the lamb slain embraces that pain. This is the pain of God. He swallows your death and pain totally to be able to birth you. And now we're walking through it and here's the thing, we have to give it to him. So I'm there, I don't know you, but when I get hurt, I'm like this. I'm like, ah! This is all going to be amplified, so. <laughs> I'm like, ah! So I'll try and tell I'm, I'm like, ah, God, that hurts! Where are you? Then again, God, that still hurts. Where are you? 
God, why? And there's all the why questions in it then. We then start to add our theological questions as a sort of Christian covering to engage that pain and go, why, why, why? Are you a good, are you a good God? What? Where are you? Ah, this hurts. And then God comes in the room. Usually, I mean, when I say comes in the room, I mean, he's just so not religious, is it? Because it could be at a restaurant. You know, you know, and you're, and you're, you're letting the pain out it for the 19th time to a friend. And suddenly, somehow, in a way you can't explain, he's sitting next to you in the restaurant. And your friend doesn't know it. But he's sitting next to you. And, you, and God, this is what the Holy Spirit does. He's the comforter. He's the comforter. What does he do? This is the Paul Hopkins version. <laughs> he sits next to you. And he goes, Ah! And I, and I go, no. Ah! This isn't going to come very well, out very well on the tape. He goes, Ah! I go, Ah! He goes, I go, ah, till together we're going, ah. Then he swells himself with his love, pulls the veil back, and he goes, ah, the lamb slain. And I go, oh. And he goes, Ah! Oh! I go, oh, he's got it. He suffers more than me. And this breath goes on. You go, oh. and he's still going, ah! And I'm going, whoa! And he walks off with my pain. My sins and iniquities will be remembered no more. Somehow in that journey, which is extraordinary, I'm wounded, I'm damaged, but the focus ends up on him. And it's like when I take my eyes out of myself, my vision is filled with him. And it's experiential. It's not theological. It's experiential. And I'm left going, Jesus, and my sins and iniquities will be remembered no more. And my tears are wiped away. And all that's left is these marks on this Christ's hands and feet and side that forever, and my life is a testimony forever of the mercy of God. Not like the, he's been merciful, but he's been merciful. Wow, that's extraordinary. And that, that swelling, that breakout of that love, as we let him in to the depths of us, it, it strengthens us to receive the next layer of his love. And it strengthens us 
to receive the next layer of his love. And I, I realise, more and more now, I realise, God, the heavens, his presence, the throne room, the glory, it's hidden right in front of you in plain sight. And we can't see it because we're looking to the past and the future. And Jesus teaches in Matthew 5 to 7. He says, don't be angry. Deal with your anger. Your anger comes from pain, doesn't it? My anger comes from pain and my choice to control that pain and lash out. And he says, don't be anxious. Like, use your fear of loss to try and control your future. He's pulling you out of past pain, future anticipation of pain, and he's pulling you into the now. And here's this extraordinary thing that Paul says. And again, if you just cast aside your, your end-time theology for a minute and look at what he's saying, wow. He says... We won't all die, but we will be changed. We will be transformed. Same word as Romans, (laughs) chapter 12. We will be transformed. And he says three things, very deliberately. In an atom, Greek thinking. He's speaking to Greeks. He's saying they understood an atom to be the indivisible part and moment of reality. You can divide and divide and divide, but eventually you get to an atom. Can't go any further. In the utter, indivisible now, in the jerk of an eye, like the fastest human movement, the muscle twitching your eye. The fastest is saying, in this now, not in the past, in this now. This transformation he's talking about happens at, in this point. And with the teleos trumpet, the, the completion trumpet, the last ah of God, when that happens, in like an instant, <laughs> change happens. It's like, as I stop controlling my life and pain and let go and I'm left and abandoned. You know, you ever experience this in worship? You know, you worship it and you're so lost in worship. It's like, you've totally forgotten as far as your consciousness is concerned. What happened yesterday? What happened 50 years ago? What will happen tomorrow? How many times are you going to have to go to Aldi tomorrow? You've forgotten all of that. And you're in the now in the worship and you just, you meet him. And it's like, something goes inside. It's like this gorgeous, heavenly hug, kiss, whatever floats your boat in how to put it, comes inside you. We are this one man 
that is coming. You and me. This body that is coming will be those who live in the fullness of this now moment. Paul said, now is the day of salvation. (laughs) He was being very deliberate. Now is the day. It's in the now. God's doing extraordinary things. You're in it. It's too late. It's too late. You either bend in or you resist and resist and that'll exhaust you. Because he won't stop. I have the privilege of mixing with some extraordinary people. Being a, being a kind of ex-missionary and I have lots of missionaries. I have this... God, what God is going to do cannot possibly in expressing this love and building this one man, cannot possibly be contained in the building, in the walls of the building. Cannot possibly be contained in the framework of man, of how things should be done. It's impossible, because this glory is of such an other realm and nature. It's coming. And, and I had a missionary friend, I, I, I call her a friend, She's, she, she told me this wonderful story. She was in the, she was in the um, boondock somewhere, I think it was Asia, she was saying. And she, she, she met a, a tribe. She was taken to preach to a tribe um, that hadn't heard the gospel before. And, um, gosh, I know what that's like to speak to people who've never heard, got no idea of Christianity before. And she, she goes and they're gathered. And, and, and this, these guys, they, they hardly wear any clothes and they're just really, they, they live shooting animals, you know. They're just... That's, they're never happy with their life. And she, they gather, and she has an interpreter. And she preaches, and preaches the gospel, the glorious gospel of the kingdom that's coming, the death and resurrection of Jesus, and his ascension, and our call to be in him. And the whole purpose of creation is that we're one with him, and he's dealt with sin. She preaches this, and the, and the medicine man, the witch doctor, he is jumping up and down for joy. He is going crazy. Like this. And she's like, what, what, what's he doing? And, they, and the translator says, oh, that's the, that's the medicine man. That's the sort of, you know, the, the healer of the, of the group. And he says, well, can, you, can you ask him, why is he so full of joy? Well, what's going on with him? So the interpreter goes over. She's talking to a few other people. interpreter goes over, talks to him. Come, the interpreter comes back some minutes later, tears flooding, coming down his face. Like, ups, like. She says, what, what, what did he say? He said, he's met the one you're talking about when he was eight years old. And he's walked with him in the forest all his last 50 years. And he's taught him about the world and reality. And he says, now, finally, he knows his name. Wow, he knew about this death and resurrection. He knew about it. Because Jesus had come to him. Wow. 
<laughs> We're in something so extraordinary. <laughs> that it, and it's too late. It's, it's on us. Man, I, when, I, when I sought God for some months a while ago, I got so close to his presence, particularly one night, it was so close. It was like I went somewhere else. I often would seem to go somewhere else. I was gone somewhere else. And I got a glimpse, just a glimpse, and I'm sure it was just like a glimpse with maximum strength sunglasses on of what is coming. And I was like, whoa, the glory that's coming. And, and, you know, it would take me a long time to unpack what I saw because it blew my brain. And, and at the end of it, God said to me, he said, I said, I don't, this is so glorious. Can I stay? Can I stay? And he said to me, he said, you can stay, Paul. Do you want to stay? And you know what? If it was only the thought of Catherine and my kids that kept me in my body at that point, Something extraordinary is coming. The glory. All you need to do is open up your heart, abandon your own self-defense, open up your pain, let him start to, to break in, let him overwhelm. That's the thing you see. It's like he, he doesn't so much heal the pain as overwhelm it. It's like, ha! So Stephen, when he's preaching to the, to the cult, the temple cult, and he's preaching this fantastic anointed sermon, and at the end of it, they're, they're picking up the stones to stone him, and he's going, then Jesus is Lord, and, he's, and as the stones are bouncing off him, he sees Jesus standing, going, ah. Oh, Standing. That's extraordinary if you understand Jewish culture and what they would understand is Jesus is standing, not seated, and going, Come in, Stephen, well done, welcome, as the stones are bouncing off him. Do you think he was bothered about the stones? I guess everyone that bounced off him will be a, a glory reward. <laughs> so, <laughs> out of the mouths of babes. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I think I think it'd be cool to pray for people because so, I've rattled on enough, eh? So, if you like to engage with that love on a fresh level. You maybe have no idea or understanding of what it means for you where you're at. You may have an understanding. You may have this big, tight ball of question. And I, I, I haven't... No one's here going to give you answers. Like head answers. But we can pray. And... If you open yourself up a little bit more than you've been able to, I can promise you this, because of the character of God, His goodness 
meets you. His goodness meets you.